I'm Andrew Murata, host of the Education Leadership and Beyond podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you are listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. One area that really did not come naturally to me was classroom management. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. um, that was an area that I... kind of just wanted to ignore. And so that's what I did when I first started teaching. Actually, I basically kind of just figured I can kind of ignore this. It'll be fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they were kind of like those warning bells in the back of my head, but I was just like, oh no, I'm just going to focus on all these other aspects of teaching. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. This episode is sponsored by the Bailey and Wood Burned In Teacher Award. As part of their Hometown Hero program, Bailey and Wood Financial Group wants to offer teachers an opportunity to get burned in at no cost to them. Each month, Jeremy High of Bailey and Wood Financial Group will award one nominee a $100 Visa gift card to treat themselves to a little self-care and a full scholarship to join the next cohort of the Burned In Teacher Mastermind. And hey, if you're burned in already, you can gift your scholarship into the mastermind to a teacher friend who you think could use the support of a community of educators who are dedicated to helping each other to grow through their burnout and continue teaching. To nominate yourself or a teacher friend for the Bailey and Wood Burned In Teacher Award, go to burnedinteacher.com slash nominate and tell us a little about you and this burned in teacher who could use a little extra something special in appreciation of their service as a teacher. Let's celebrate our hometown heroes together. Burn on. Well, hey there, Burned In Teachers. Thank you for tuning in to episode 102 of the Burned In Teacher Podcast, one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. I'm your host, Amber Harper, and I empower burned out teachers to believe that they deserve and can achieve a happier and more fulfilled career and life with my eight-step burned in process. And I gotta tell you, (laughs) this episode, this interview with Linda Cardamus just hits so many chords with me and reminds me of so many of the challenges that I experienced in my own classroom when dealing with classroom management. I feel like there are so many different levels of it and especially now with all of the different teaching scenarios and situations that that you are in in your in your teaching, you know, classroom community, I think it's more important now than ever to to have a good strategy and to have a way to bring our students together when we are all under so much stress and so much pressure. I remember specifically a situation where I was called into my principal's office to talk about my students' behavior after an evaluation and I remember being mortified and not knowing what to do to turn things around and it for me was just another layer of overwhelm of something else that I had to worry about and 
research and get good at in addition to all of the other responsibilities that I had as a teacher and I know that you can relate. So for all of you burned and over it teachers, all of you who are really struggling with your relationships with your students, you're experiencing negativity, apathy, anxiety, um, maybe even a little bit of, of resistance to what it is that you're trying to do as your job as a teacher, you know, teach. Um, if you're feeling that something just, it, it, that it could be better, whether you're teaching virtually, hybrid, or in a fully face-to-face model, this is definitely the episode for you. In this episode, Linda Cardemus from teachfortheheart.com, that's teach the number four, theheart.com, She's going to share with us a really great strategy, especially at the end of this episode, to help you to begin to build these foundational relationships with your students. I know that right now, even though we are in mid-March at the time of this recording, that we are, you know, coming up onto spring break and we're counting down the weeks of another really crazy year in education. However, there are a lot of schools that are switching up how they're teaching. Teachers are going back to the classroom with their students for the first time and it can feel like a brand new school year. And this is the perfect time to do a classroom reset or to reevaluate your own classroom management practices if they just have not been working. So she will talk to you about a couple of free webinars that are happening the week of March 15th and you can learn about them and register for both of them for free right now by going to teachfortheheart.com slash burnedinteacher. It will take you right to the registration page and you can register for two of her upcoming webinars that are all about creating empathy, community, and a classroom full of respect, both from you and your students, to help you to build those relationships that must be built in order for you to have a smoother uh, teaching experience with them for the rest of this crazy school year and beyond. And the great thing is, is if you register but you can't join live, you will get a link sent to you for the replays of these webinars so that you can watch them at a time that works for you. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my friend, my guest, Linda Cardamus, who taught middle school math in Northeast Ohio before founding Teach for the Heart. Now she supports teachers through her podcast, books, and online courses, and I can't wait for you to hear her story. Let's dive in. Linda, thank you so much for joining us today on the Burden Teacher Podcast. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So tell us a little bit about you and your teaching journey and how it led to what it is that you're doing now. Right. So I... I feel like I always wanted to be a teacher. I don't know if that's completely accurate, but I know since, you know, high school, it was something I was really excited to do. So I felt God was leading me in that, leading me in that direction and went off to college to study. And then I was so excited to get a job at a um, a Christian school, actually in Ohio, Northeast Ohio, where I taught middle school math. I did not plan to teach middle school, but that's what they needed. And I ended up loving middle school, actually Um, taught a little bit of high school as well, but mostly um, middle school math, a little bit of English, a little bit of accounting. Um, you know how that is, <laughs> get thrown in different things. Um, but when I, f- it's really funny because there were certain parts of that that came very natural to me that were very easy for me. And for me, that was like the pedagogy, like explaining math was mm-hmm. just a gift I had. Um, I'd always been good at, you know, I always tutored my friends in high school and, you know, college and everywhere. It just came naturally to me. 
But one area that really did not come naturally to me was classroom management. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, that was an area that I uh, kind of just wanted to ignore. And so that's what I did when I first started teaching. Actually, I basically kind of just figured I can kind of ignore this. It'll be fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, they were kind of like those warning bells in the back of my head, but I was just like, oh no, I'm just going to focus on all these other aspects of teaching. Uh, I'm not going to worry about this. And um, so I let a lot of things go, just little things, you know, um, you know, kids talking head down on the desk, you know, no big deal. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's no big deal. Um, until it was a big deal (laughs) because when I didn't deal with those things, it kind of got worse and worse and worse. So, um, I remember it was probably about October. I got called in the principal's office and my principal was incredibly supportive and he was very kind and and everything, but he's basically like told me some things that had been happening. apparently behind my back while I was at the chalkboard that I wasn't aware of and would just kind of like you gotta, you know, this is not going good. Like you gotta muster some authority here and kind of figure this out. And I remember just crying and being like, I know <laughs> like mm-hmm. it had kind of gotten to a bad point. Um, so that was a struggle. I can talk more about that, but that was definitely a big struggle for me at first, just kind of learning, um, learning that I had to deal with it and learning how to deal with that and, um, how to kind of establish, order in my classroom so that I could then teach. Like I just, you know, we all, we just want to teach, <laughs> but right, right. if you have chaos, you kind of can't teach. So, um, mm-hmm. kind of that was a journey then. And I went on to kind of figure out that and turn it around, um, and get to a point where I really did. I did love teaching. It was really, I mean, obviously we all know there's ups and downs and challenges galore, but I really, really enjoyed my time teaching. Um, but then I got pregnant and I, we kind of, my husband and I always knew that, I mean, we talked about it, that when I got pregnant, I would step away from teaching for a while and spend some time at home raising our kids. So that's what we planned. And that actually hit me really hard. <laughs> that's a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. I like, didn't realize kind of how much my identity was tied up in being a teacher, but I worked through that and, um, had the baby. I got to kind of work at the school for the next year, a little bit, um, part-time some from home. That was actually a really cool experience. Cause I got to get a little bit of a glimpse into what it's like to be an administrator and to work in the office and kind of all that stuff that goes on. They give me a better appreciation for like all the different aspects mm-hmm. working in a school that are, that are in play, you know, to make a school work. Um, but then um, kind of soon became apparent that that wasn't going to be a long-term solution. And I remember just praying and feeling like, man, like, what am I going to do? I had a few like freelance projects and I felt, um, I know this might sound strange to some of you, but I really felt like um, this voice, like God was saying to me, write a book, share what you've learned. I've always loved have this passion. I've always loved like sharing things I've learned. And mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, I can write an ebook. I wrote this ebook. Um, it was called Create Your Dream Classroom. It's still available, actually. Um, and it had 52 lessons I'd learned as a teacher. I arranged them as these little short readings. And I um, was like, this is so cool. I'm sharing all these things I learned, you know, I, that I feel like would be helpful to other people. And so I had this ebook. I think I did the whole thing in just a couple months, just got it done. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I have this book oh no, like nobody knows about this book. (laughs) I have no way of getting, how on earth is anyone going to find out about this book? You know, I guess I could tell my friends and that's about it. Um, And actually my former principal um, turned me on to some research said, you need to start a blog. And I said, okay. And so I started a (laughs) blog um, called Teach for the Heart with no plans for it other than maybe this will help somebody find my ebook and just kind of started just sharing what I'd learned. And 
God must have had other plans because since then it's grown into quite a big thing. Um, I was able to kind of quit my other freelance jobs and focus on this and spend more and more time with it. Um, and so, yeah, now we have teach for the heart. Um, it's teach the number four, the heart.com. Um, if you're not familiar with it and we help teachers in a variety of ways, um, we have a blog and pot. We still have the blog, but probably more so focus on the podcast and, uh, as well as online courses, um, various trainings. We do an online summit each year. Um, and we have also a couple other really exciting things we're about to release, mm-hmm. um, that we're working on as well. So it's been really um, a blessing to stay in the field of education in a different way while I'm still <laughs> all these years later, still at home. We have four kids now. So wow. still in those at home years. <laughs> it's so interesting, you know, to hear how you turned a need that you had to, to work on your own classroom management, to, to help yourself as a teacher, how you learned all of these things and without without even thinking that you would be using it to help other people, but to turn all of those skills, all of those strategies into something that you can use now to help teachers who, especially right now are dealing with the quote unquote classroom management without some of their kids being even in the classroom. Yes. And yeah, that's a whole nother wrinkle and and challenge to it. But yeah, it is really amazing how, you know, these things we go through in the time, it's just like, oh, I wish I wasn't dealing with this. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, you have, you learn and you learn some, sometimes you learn the hard way. um, But then you, then there, then you have those lessons that you can share, whether, whether it's what I'm doing, you know, we'll talk about later. I'm doing, I'm actually doing about to do a free training on like some of the Mm -hmm. things that exact mistakes I made and how I fixed them. Um, But you know, for those of you that are listening, I mean, maybe you just, maybe there's going to be a teacher next year that comes through that you're going to be able to help out and, and give them the encouragement or the piece of advice that they need on that day. And that's just so, um, I think invaluable that, right. that we can take those lessons and pass them on to others. Well, and to have a teacher who is committed full-time to teaching teachers, these skills where they are, you know, pulling from all of these different resources and, and lessons that they've learned for themselves that, takes so much off of the plate of the teacher who needs those resources in their life, but may not have time to do all of the research that needs to be done in order to solve those problems. I think that's incredible. So how long have you been running Teach for the Heart now? Um, it's been about eight years, which is crazy. Eight years wow. um, in May. So wow. <laughs> when that's we amazing. That's amazing. So I have to ask you, Linda, we're going to come back to your resource for helping with classroom management um, here in a little bit, but I have to ask because this is the Burned In Teacher podcast, and I'm interested to hear, you know, it it sounds like you maybe avoided burnout by solving your own problem, by having a supportive administrator that said, hey, this is clearly an issue. We need to find some solutions for this, which you obviously did, and they worked so well for you. Um, So maybe you avoided burnout then. I don't know. So, So can you share with us a story of when you have faced burnout and how you maybe grew through it or, or moved through it and came out on the other end a little stronger or um, learning some lessons in life? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think we all have burnout in different, d- to different degrees mm-hmm. <laughs> at different times. You know, I probably have had multiple times where I had like a degree of burnout, but I definitely hit a wall this past summer, actually, where it was a, I would call like a, like a true, maybe a true burnout experience where, um, so, you know, I almost like I, there's a part of me that feels bad even mention this because I know all of you teachers out there right now are like have dealt with so much this year like I cannot even imagine being in the classroom this year um 
but those of us that are trying to support you, it's been, cha- I mean, it's been challenging for everybody. I mean, there's not it a has. single person this year that has not affected <laughs> one way or another. So um, I remember um, last May, um, you know, we've just gone through lockdown. Um, and so my job, I'm not teaching. I'm trying to support teachers and trying to say, man, what on earth? How on earth are we supposed to help? What are we supposed to do? Go ahead. It's interesting that you mentioned this because that's exactly where I was sitting. And I know that several other, you know, coaches and, and leaders, you know, who are supporting teachers, you just didn't, you don't know what to say and you don't know how to help when everything is so chaotic and so crazy and so extremely hard. I even did a podcast episode on it where it was like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what I could possibly say, but I just want you to know that I'm here. You know, I mean, it was, it was extremely difficult when you see people going, people that you care about, that you serve so hard, um, and want to help so much, but there's just so the, the, the vast array of challenges is just never ending. You know, I can totally relate to what you're saying. Yes, exactly. I'm I'm glad I'm not the only one. I know I'm not, but um, that's another thing. I think when you're burned out, sometimes you feel like you're the only one, but you're not. Um, But yeah, so I, there was, and then there were also another, there was just this question of like, what do we do? Like, how do we help? How do you, how do you plan? Well, I mean, you have teachers, were dealing, it's, it's actually a lot of parallels to the exact same issues teachers were dealing with. It's just in a different way. How mm-hmm. do you plan when you don't know what's going to happen? Right. <laughs> and all these questions. Um, and then I also had a lot of things just happening behind the scenes. I remember um, there was, you know, we were in lockdown. We didn't know what was going to happen. And we actually, we had a previously planned a vacation to the Outer Banks with uh, where you just go and sit on a beach. And mm-hmm. we were like, you know, kind of like, it was all up for debate. Like, are we going to get to go? Are we not going to get to go? You know, it's literally just sitting on a beach. It should be safe. But, you know, right now it's closed and all that. And we found out we were going to get to go. It was the last week of May. And we're really, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, we're going to get to go. And I kind of put a lot of hope in that week. I was like, that week away is going to like solve all my problems. I don't know if I would have said that out loud, but basically that's what I was thinking. I was like, we're going to take a week away and refresh and like clear my mind. And I'm going to come back like energized and ready. And like, I'll have the solutions to all these problems. Like I will have had these epiphanies on vacation and like, I'll be ready to go. And I, I, I don't know, like, I don't know if I would have said that exactly, but that's basically what's in my mind. Like I pinned all my hope on this week, solving, like making me like solving my where I was heading towards burnout. And I was like, this week away, we'll solve it. And so we did get to go away. It was a huge blessing. But I remember like the last day when I was like, okay, we have to go home tomorrow. It like, like struck me like a ton of bricks and actually like burst into tears. And I was just like, I'm not ready to go back and face all of this. And I, I got back home and I was like, like, I've never experienced this before. Like I was par- like really paralyzed mm-hmm. and I don't like, I don't know. I was by a mixture of just anxiety and like not knowing what to do. And just, I mean, it was, I feel like this burnout, you know, I just did not. And it was like, I would, I, I never experienced, I don't know. I just, the way my mind works, I like to sit down, do stuff. Like I get, I'm normally energized in my work. And I was yeah. just like, I can't, I just, <laughs> and I would sit down to work and just be like, I don't know what to, it was just bad. Um, and I think I'm going to interrupt you here. I yeah. think that so many people who are listening to this right now can relate to those feelings. Yeah. Because you didn't know what, what, we didn't know what was next. We didn't know what was coming, especially in May, May, June, July. I think (laughs) everybody, you know, facing the new school year was wondering what was next. And Lord knows that 
then you know it's the pending good we didn't know because it, <laughs> I mean and, and it continued to change for so many weeks. I mean things were changing consistently yeah. for weeks and weeks after that for for all of us. And I know you know my husband is a principal and it, it was ever changing. You know the expectations and the protocols and and all of that. I think I think no matter you know whether you're serving teachers or you're a teacher serving students, it was anxiety inducing no matter where you were if you are in yeah. education in any in any capacity um it was just unbelievably hard <laughs> i mean there's no to want to go back was just it was scary yeah yeah it was it was really hard and i know yeah i think everyone faced that just at different times or different different patterns of up and down <laughs> so how did you get through it so so tell us what yeah, happened so and this might feel more relevant to some, some listeners than others, but really what ended up happening with me is I really needed to face it on a spiritual level. Um, so I, I'm a, like a, a Christian, a follower of Jesus. And so that like really is important to me and it impacts every aspect of my life. And so for me personally, that's where I, that's where I find, I, I tried all kinds of stuff, you know, make the list that like all those types of things. But in the end, I needed to like square things in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I actually like sat down, I prayed and I actually wrote a list of like things I know to be true. And then, oh, I should have, I should have brought it with me, but they involved things like, um, I believe God has called me to this. Um, you know, I believe that he will provide the answers when I need them. <laughs> a lot of times I want to know the, like, I wanted to know five steps down the road, right. <laughs> but I knew the next step. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like not knowing steps two, three, four, and five. So I was like, you know what? I know what I need to do next. I need to trust that God will show me the next steps when I need them, you know? And I just kind of wrote down all these things that I knew were true, but I wasn't believing. Mm. That makes sense. That's so, um, yes, absolutely. And for me, that was a very like faith-filled experience because it, it was very much tied to like what I believe about God and what he's called me to and how he, you know, my relationship with him. But I think that principle works for anybody of like, you know, what do you actually believe and are you actually um, believing it? Because <laughs> uh-huh. sometimes we we think we believe things, but then we're not actually acting on that belief. Right. We're letting our minds just totally like go run away with us. Mm-hmm. So for me, I sat down and just went through that and just chose like kind of chose like I'm going to um, I'm going to believe what I know what I believe. And I'm going to act on these beliefs when I don't feel like it. Um, and, and kind of trust what I know more than I trust my feelings. And that's a big thing for me. Like feelings are important and sometimes you just need to sit in your feelings. Mm -hmm. But, um, I really believe in like believing truth, believing truth more than I believe my feelings. (laughs) Um, because if you follow your feelings, like your feelings lie and change and just morph. But if you follow truth, the feelings catch up eventually. And Mm -hmm. that's what happened to me is I just started like, I would review that like first on like a daily basis. And then over time, I didn't need it as much. I just review what I wrote down, what I know to be true. And um, over time, it just like crept in and and that paralyzing anxiety was gone almost immediately, but it's still kind of hanging out. (laughs) Um, But I could work, I I could do stuff. And then over time, it like faded more and more and more. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, just kind of faded away over time to where I was able to get back to. <laughs> to I love that practice so, so much because what you did was you fought against what I, what, well, Seth Godin calls the lizard brain and, and lots of people have adopted that, that part of our brain that, that does paralyze us when we're scared, that does keep us stuck in that frustration when we don't know what to do because it's, it's meant to keep us safe. Right. But in these situations, it keeps us stuck. So mm. you just focusing on the next step. I have, have talked, I love that you have actually 
use this in your real life because it proves what I've, what I've said so many times here on the podcast, um, and in the, in the burn and teacher mastermind is that the hardest part when you're stuck, when you're frustrated is just getting started, just doing yeah. something that takes you out of that space, out of that mental that mental fog that keeps you, you know, I've compared it to like a fly, you know, bashing itself against the window that when you lack clarity, you just say, you know, I'm just going to power through it. I'm just going to power through it without really knowing where you're going or why you're doing what you're doing. So that is a beautiful practice, you know, like stating your truth and uh, forming what I've called a rebuttal for these negative things that are keeping you stuck. I think that's, that's wonderful to just follow your truth. That's, that's a really, really great example. So can you tell us then what was your next step? Like, like what have you planned now? You know, this will, this will kind of lead into, to one reason that I asked you to come on here, because I know that from my community, from what people have been telling me that working with students, either virtually or in a hybrid setting, or even face-to-face, you know, with masks and all of these protocols that they're following the classroom management has been very different and very challenging in a different way. So can you tell us a little bit about how now you are helping teachers and what you have coming up that obviously, you know, when you were in that place of stuckness back in the summer that you've created now this fantastic program that you're going to be sharing with teachers through some webinars. Yeah. Um, we have so many things we're doing and I'm not gonna, that's (laughs) actually one of the things I've learned is sometimes it's better to do fewer things better than to try to do everything at once. But one of the things that I'm particularly (laughs) excited to share with you guys is we do have, Um, two webinars coming up and um, they are free trainings and they both are, they both cover maybe the broad aspect of classroom management, but at different levels. Um, So the first one is called classroom management solutions. And if you're listening to this, when this episode goes live, it's actually tonight, if you're able to join us. Um, But both of these, if you're not, we will have replays available if technology cooperates um, like for a few weeks afterwards. So you can still sign up and we'll send you the replay um, depending on when you're listening to to this. Um, But the first one is classroom management solutions. And that's really just about how to, you know, if your classroom is chaotic, like for various reasons, like I told you with mine, um, then it'll help you kind of regain control, establish better order. So there's not all that chaos. And, um, you know, if if you have students like not following your procedures, um, just kind of eliminating that chaos and those disruptions. Um, I mean, time is so precious for us this year with everything that's happened and how far behind we are um, to be able to have more time to actually focus on teaching or serving your students or helping them with the, you know, social emotional, like whatever you need. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what that one is. Now that one is designed, um, is going to be best, most helpful if you're in person or if you're hybrid, it will most, it'd be most helpful for the in-person elements. But we definitely like last year, we did like another version of this training and we applied it to like virtual teaching. So it definitely does apply um, to virtual teaching, but it's probably most helpful for the in-person elements right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I know a lot of teachers called- are going back face-to-face if they haven't already. Yes. A lot of schools are starting to right. transition back to face-to-face. And I really, right. If you're heading back, this is the perfect time for it mm-hmm. because I mean, you've, you know, when you think back to previous years where it's like how important back to school is, well, you have like a mini back to school right now. Right. So you have that time to set. I mean, if you're about to head back, this is like perfect because you can start off right and like kind of just set the tone for these final couple months in a good way, rather than like having all the problems and then having to 
try to like turn the Titanic, you know, right. um, which is always way harder, but it's definitely doable. Um, so, so yes, if you're heading back soon, hybrid or in person, this would be perfect. Awesome. Um, so that's the 15th at back. the date of this recording, that one will yes. be launching on Monday, the 15th, but you can get the replay mm-hmm. by, we're going to yep. give you a link here in a minute. So tell yes. us about the webinar on the 18th. So the second webinar we do is called Respectful, Responsible, and Engaged. And this one, um, we have a lot of people go to both, but this one is more designed for those of you that are like, okay, I have the basic, like my classroom's pretty orderly. It's already, I kind of got that, you know, it's it's already pretty well. Things are going pretty smoothly as far as the classroom management side. But I want to help, like, how can I better engage my students? How can I build like a stronger classroom community? Um, You know, how can I have my students respect each other and me? So that's kind of like that next level. Um, And this is, these are things that are all always important, but maybe like never more so important than this year. Like how can I get students to care about their own learning and, you know, how do we have community when we're wearing masks and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, that's what we'll cover in that training. And both of these are super practical, like pretty fast paced um, advice. Um, We don't waste time in them. Um, So uh, that will be on Thursday night. Fantastic. So we're going to share a link with you so that you can have access to these free webinars. So um, it is going to be teachfortheheart.com slash burned in teacher. You can go to that link and you can actually register for each of these webinars right there on that Mm -hmm. page. Correct? Yep. Yep. You can Mm -hmm. register for one or both right there. Yeah. So that's teachfortheheart.com slash burned in teacher teach for the heart. It's the number four. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Great. And we'll have that link in the show notes as well. So awesome. I did ask though, Linda, would you mind sharing what is one thing that you think will be really helpful that they are going to learn in one of the webinars that they can take with them today? Yes. Oh man. I had like so much trouble, like picking one thing and I'm actually like scrolling through my notes because I have so many things that I share that I love to share, but I guess I'll share one thing. Um, Uh, Oh man, I'm like trying to debate here which one to share. (laughs) Um, Well, I'll just share the first thing that I teach. The first thing that we talk about in classroom management solutions is all about your demeanor as a teacher. And I think sometimes there's this pull between like, do I be the nice teacher or do I be the strict teacher? Like, and there's like pros and cons, you know, to both. Mm -hmm. And I really, really believe that if you want to be effective, you need to be both. (laughs) You need to be both the nice teacher and the strict teacher at the exact same time. And I think that's really important to see yourself um, that find that right teacher persona. And the the personality looks a little different for everybody. I think some, obviously it comes across different, but to realize that um, we can and should be like fun and personable and kind and understanding, but at the exact same time, we're not a pushover. We are holding students accountable um, at, at the exact same time. Um, so kind of marrying those together, um, I think is really important. That's where we start. And then we go from there into all kinds mm. of practicalities. And then you do teach what that looks like and how to actually execute that kind, nice teacher with the authority figure as well. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm so excited. I should tell you too, I am registering for these because I have told, you know, many of the people that listen to this podcast and people that I work with, you know, I am not the classroom management expert. I am not 
the time management expert. I'm not the, you know, how to enter grades the quickest. Like that's not my expertise. My expertise is getting you back on track to feeling like you are capable and worthy of learning the things that you specifically need to learn to move the needle forward for you. So you can grow through this burnout because everybody has a different trigger. So that was why I was really excited to have you on here, Linda, because I know I've been on your site. I've gone through your courses you have so many practical solutions that you've pulled together so many things that you have learned yourself as a classroom teacher in order to lighten that load and make it easier for teachers to learn and implement these classroom management strategies. Yeah. And I will say that's probably the most, what I just shared is probably the most abstract thing that I'll teach the whole time because Mm -hmm. (laughs) we really do like dive into like super practical strategies. We'll give strategies for, you know, how do you regain students' attention? How do you curb talking? You know, how do you, Mm. um, how do you force a reset in the beginning, in the, in the middle of the year, if you're not heading back and you've been in there a while and students are in bad habits, like we'll go into all of that. And yeah, I love Mary. Like, I feel like when I started teach for the heart, I had all these things I had learned, but since then I have just, it's been so cool to like, I learn every day from all the teachers that, you know, I'm just always picking up ideas Mm -hmm. and there's, it's so, the ideas are so much better now than when I even had them. Um, because they're just come, like, I keep adding in everybody else's amazing ideas. And, and that's the beauty uh, of doing what you do. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's the beauty of doing what you do is that you are completely focused on that, uh, on providing the service to teachers. So if they are challenged with classroom management, we know that we go to Linda for that. Like she's always going to have a practical solution uh, in order to, to work on my classroom management. Now you have a lot of other courses as well that you offer that are on demand. Is that, is that right? Yeah. So um, we have, for example, like a full classroom management course, it's called classroom management 101 um, that we have as well. Um, So, I mean, we can only fit so much into a one hour webinar. And so classroom (laughs) management 101 basically expands on it and gives you like everything you need. It's basically what I said, like if I was a first year teacher or not, or just a teacher that was struggling, you know, with classroom management, like what would I need to know? And so that's all we take you through step-by-step in there. And we have some other courses as well. We have beyond classroom management, which is kind of the next level after that. Um, we have a, a new program that's kind of like a workshop model called Tame Your To-Do List um, that goes into that practical aspect mm-hmm. of like, okay, I'm so overwhelmed with my to-do list. How do I p- sit down and figure out what to focus on first? Um, so those are a few of the things um, that we have available right now. Oh, well, thank you so, so much for sharing that that last tip with us and for sharing your story and being so vulnerable about your challenge with burnout this summer. I know that so many people can relate to that. So can you tell us really quickly, um, besides going to teach number four, teachfortheheart.com, um, how else can people find you out there? Um, well, another thing that we do, we do have a Facebook group. It's probably mm-hmm. the next place where we're at the most. Um, so teachfortheheart.com slash Facebook is the link to that. Um, my main audience is Christian teachers. So teachers like teachers that um, profess faith, um, but anybody is welcome. Great. Um, so we have a great community over there. So we'd love to have you over <laughs> on our podcast too. It's called the Teach for the Heart podcast. Um, and it's, it's found anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, no matter your faith or your beliefs, Good classroom management strategies are good classroom management strategies. So I don't think, you know, if you are of another faith, I don't think that that should hold you back from at least exploring at least these two webinars to take away some, some big, or maybe even some small things that you can do in your classroom to really turn things around if you're struggling with classroom management. So Linda, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, can I just add to that? Yeah. Yeah, These two trainings are definitely like, there's some things we do on the site that's more like specifically Mm faith-based for sure. But this, um, the, these 
trainings are definitely for anybody, K, any K through 12 teacher um, that will benefit from these trainings and we'll feel, we'll, um, we'd love to have you and yeah, just tons of practical, you know, strategies for that. I'm so, so excited. So go to teachfortheheart.com slash burned in teacher, sign up for both of these webinars. And I know you're going to take something away from them. Linda is just a wealth of information for not only classroom management, but many other things. If you explore her website on how you can um, improve your classroom experience for you and your students. Well, Linda, thank you so much for joining us today on the burn in teacher podcast. I love being here. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody, take a deep breath. You just took another step to becoming a burned-in teacher. Burn on. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of burned-in teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned-out teacher to burned-in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned and Teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a Burned and Teacher. Burn on. <laughs>